Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. I mean, beverages, watching a big game, it can't get any better. But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Whether you're hosting game day or movie night, DiGiorno knows that planning a watch party on a budget isn't easy. You need the perfect setting, the perfect squad, and the perfect eats. Luckily, you're a game time mastermind, and you know that grabbing DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza can bring home a dub because it's packed with half a pound of cheese, sauce, and other toppings and comes at an incredible price. Make the game-winning call and grab a DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza from the grocery store today. It's not delivery, it's DiGiorno. You're listening to DraftKings Network. This is the GM Shuffle. This was truly a horrendous performance, probably the worst performance I've seen in the last 20 years in New England. Here's what I don't think people understand. When you're playing shitty and you can't execute, it doesn't matter who you play. You're listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. Here is Femi Abebefe. Welcome to another edition of the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. I'm your host, Femi Abebefe. As always, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Our producer, Elliot Bowman, with us on the ones and twos. Michael, this is the Monday after the Week 5 Sunday slate. We will get to my team, the debacle on Sunday Night Football. The Dallas Cowboys getting absolutely drilled in national TV, but we have to start with what happened in Foxborough. The Saints took apart the Patriots 34 to nothing. I'm not sure it was even that close. No, it wasn't even that close. I mean, I think the Patriots had eight first downs. They converted one-third down the entire day, averaged 3.1 per play. Uh, you had the ball 20 minutes. I mean, this was truly a, you know, a horrendous performance, probably the worst performance I've seen in the last 20 years in New England. Uh, it was not a competitive game whatsoever. And, uh, you know, it starts and ends with getting back to, you know, Everybody's going to – there's nobody – there's not one person to blame. There's one person in charge, and that's Coach Belichick, and he's got to fix it. But this is a, a problem that has been lingering the last two weeks when you get outscored 72-3. to three. It's been lingering in the summer, and it hasn't gotten fixed yet, and it, it's an issue. It really is. Yeah, it looked like a big issue in the game. The New England Patriots offensively, 3.1 yards per play. Just anemic is how I would go ahead and describe it. 156 total yards versus New Orleans Saints who had 304 yards. I mean, the Saints offense didn't do a whole lot in this game, but they quite frankly no. didn't have to because New England's offense well, wasn't going anywhere. Well, I mean, you don't have to. I mean, look, when you play a team with no offense, I mean, look, I think what we see here is, and I'm, I'm very, very clear here, that they have gotten worse from last year. They have gotten worse from last year. As much as everybody said, you know, Matt Patricia was not a good coach and Bill O'Brien's going to fix things, all those stuff, the improvements from last year to this year haven't taken place. Now, maybe it's early in the season. I doubt it. It hasn't been good all summer. The quarterback's gotten worse. The offensive line isn't playing anywhere near the level it needs to play. I mean, all of these things, when you lose like they've lost the last two weeks, you you have to sit there and you can't say it's this or it's that, right? You can't always say, we'll just if we do this, we'll get the team back on track. No, 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 no. These are deeper issues, right? 
And the head coach has got to figure out a way to solve them. He's never been in this territory before. This has never been this bad. And so you look at coaching players and scheme. And you've got to use composure. You've got to use your common sense. And you've got to just accept the fact that it's not going to get better overnight. It's just not. It hasn't gotten better in three months. Why is it going to get better overnight? You know, the offensive line has been leaky. They haven't been able to capitalize. I know injuries play a part, but this is, this is deeper than injuries. They're just not playing to a level. And, you know, the one thing I do know about, I've been there and been in the building, there is accountability from the head coach, and he's going to be accountable for what's happened because he realizes that the buck stops with him. It's, it's, it's him. It's his team. He understands that he's not going to pass the blame, but he's going to have to fix it. After the game, he was asked by the media about what needs to happen after this loss of the New Orleans Saints, and here's what he had to say post-game after the defeat. Plain and simply, we got to find a way to you know play and coach better than that. And so that's what we're going to do. Start all over and um, get back on a better track than we're on right now. So you know, slow start, and I just couldn't, you know, couldn't ever really get the game under control. Yeah, there was a lot of problems. It certainly wasn't all him. Of course, we saw Mac yeah. Jones once again pulled from the game for Bailey Zappi, yeah. but Bill Belichick said that Mac Jones will be the starter going forward. It was just that, hey, like nothing is going right, and you can't put all of this on Mac Jones. And, and you said, Michael, like, like this goes deeper, like this needs to be fixed. It's been happening in the summertime. But, well, well, what is the thing that needs to be fixed? Because we're all watching this thing, and we all have our things that we point to. Is like, hey, is it the old line? Is it Mac Jones? Is it like, is it the coaching? What's going on? Like, like, what is it? Just everyone needs to get better. Like, how do they even begin to start over? Well, I, I think it's, you know, the standards haven't been maintained, right? You know, they're not getting everything that falls apart. Bad coaching decisions, bad game planning, you know, bad bad execution, horrible execution, which relates to is it the game planning, you know, are the players good enough? I mean, this is similar to the team they had last year. But when you look at the numbers offensively compared to last year, uh, you know, I mean, last year they were uh, – 4.3 yards a carry. This year, they're at 3.3. Last year, they were 34% on third down. This year, they're down to 32. Last year, they could gain 314 yards. They're down to 287. Last year, they're at 5.3 yards per play. This year, they're at 4.4. You know, the, they were 6.8 yards per passing attempt last year. They're down to six. Interception percentage has gone up. So everything that you had planned for the season that you said, okay, we're going to get better. Because, you know, when you look at their year last year, if they a two or three plays here, they, they have a chance to make the playoffs, assuming they got better. But they haven't gotten better. They've gotten worse. And so that's what the challenge is. And so now you're left with this huge vast of problems, you know, that you thought you could fix coming out of this week. You know, we're going to come out and try to start the game off. They get a first drive. They hold them. They get pinned up, you know, and they run the ball first down for eight yards, and then they're punting again. You know, they get eight yards, on, then they're punting again. Can't convert a third down. And then the next thing you know, they're down 7 nothing, like they always are. Next thing you know, they're down 14 nothing, and the game's over at that point. So it, it, it's, you know, he's got to find a way to get confidence in his team, which is hard because there's no evidence. that This is a team with no confidence because they've had no evidence of being able to win and start fast. And so it, it starts with trying to fix one problem at a time. You know, and to me, when you study the teams that are bad and you look closely at them, it starts with their inability to block, their inability to effectively block up front. You can go through all of them. Carolina, shitty team, can't block anybody. Giants, shitty team, can't block anybody. New England, shitty team, can't block anybody. 
So you can't fix every problem, but if you could fix the line to get them to block to even a better level than they did to, to the level they did last year, and I thought last year the line was horrible, you may have a chance. But I think this, Femi, I think they're in a situation now where they are headed to having a high pick. I think there's no question about that. This isn't going to turn over overnight. It's, even if they win a game, it's not going to turn over overnight. Is they're going to have to ask themselves the question, you know, do we play younger? Do we sell assets? Do we trade players that we have that have value? Do we sell assets and hope we get the first pick in the draft, the second pick in the draft, or the third pick, and we'll get, and we'll get a quarterback and rebuild this thing again? And then that's a decision that has to come from the top moving down. It can't come from the middle level up. Well, that's an interesting conversation because I think a lot of people, and this is the conversation all throughout the offseason, but if things were to continue to go like this where they're losing and losing in embarrassing fashion, would there be a chance that there could potentially be a change, a wholesale change that Robert Kraft kind of brings down? I, I think it really comes, and I can't speak for Robert Kraft because I don't know, it really comes to his confidence in feeling like they can fix this thing going forward. I, I think that's really the issue you have to look at is can you fix this going forward or has the conversations ended to where okay 22 how many long years you've been here maybe it's not the same it doesn't feel the same people aren't reacting the same you know so I think that's kind of where it has to go that's why I said it really kind of comes back to when you're in this situation you you've got to have everybody's got to understand how they're here right it's not one thing that's going to fix this Put Bailey Zappi and ain't going to fix it, right? Changing the left guard ain't going to fix it. It's got to come back to, okay, who are we? What do we need to do? What do we need to get back to? And is this something we want to do? I think that's the hard part of it all, right? And, and, and only Robert can answer that. But I do know this, having working for owners that get up there in age, I mean, their patience level is not, and, and understandably too, right? I mean, it is. I mean, look at Stephen Ross down in Miami. I mean, they Robert Kraft's used to winning. He's used to winning. He's he's not seen these games before. This is completely foreign to him. And how he reacts and how he handles it, I don't think anybody could know. I, I couldn't certainly know because I've only enjoyed the positivity in the building. But right now, there's no positivity in that building. When you look at the schedule, like things are not going to get much easier here for the New England Patriots. I mean, it's at the Raiders coming up next week, but then you're home against the Bills at the Miami Dolphins and then home against the Commanders and home against the Colts. But even in the second half of the season, you have games at the Steelers, at the or home you against the Chiefs, at the You could put Georgia on the schedule right now, Femi. You could put Georgia on, and it's not going to be easy. Like, here's what I don't think people understand. When you're sh- playing shitty and you can't execute, it doesn't matter who you play. It really matters about you. Like the schedule forecasting, if it doesn't really matter because they're not going to beat anybody. I mean, in the betting world, what I've learned is when you see bad, keep playing against bad. I mean, New England was the line moved to them and then late it moved back to New Orleans. New Orleans, I said on the show, was the play because one team was playing good. New Orleans, they weren't great. They were playing good. New England hasn't played good. Even in the win against the Jets, it wasn't good. They made one play in the game. Their defense has played fairly well. But I think at some point, the offense knows that we don't have to do a whole lot here. So I don't think it really matters on the schedule. It matters that they're not playing well. And he knows it. I mean, everybody says, well, is he going to own up to it? Come on. Look, he's nobody, nobody that sees it can't possibly think. It's not. It's bad. It's been bad. 
and the fans. But he can't fix them all in one day. You're not fixing them all in one day. You're not going to fix them with one win. That's the problem. You either have to, and you got to develop. You got to keep the standard, and you got to try to develop. And it's hard because right now you have a team that has no confidence because they've had no evidence. It sounds like they're in for a rough year if this continues the way this is. I mean, sitting here at 1-4, and 0-3 oh at home. This used to be one of the best home field advantages. But as we've learned, that home field advantage is only as good as the team is. You know, it's like if you're a good team, yeah, you play well at home. If you're not a good team, you lose those kind of games. And it's, I'm sure the quarterback, the people will continue to call for his job. Mac Jones, he didn't play well yesterday. 12 of 22, 110 yards, two interceptions, one of them being a pick six. Tyron Matthew went ahead and ran that back for a touchdown. Like, like you said, even if they were to bench Mac Jones and who knows what happens in the next couple of weeks, how does this even get better with Bailey Zappi? Because we all saw Bailey Zappi as well in these couple of games, and we saw him last year, especially the way that things ended with that game in Chicago or against the Chicago Bears to where I don't think Bailey Zappi is the magic elixir here for the New England Patriots' struggles on offense. This thing is a deeper problem, and it's a problem that, like you said, might take the entire year to go ahead and solve, and maybe this is something that they solve in the offseason. They take great pride in their special teams. They're one of the worst special teams in DVOA. I mean, the, and they put money in special teams. I mean, so they, they, they're not getting any results in any area. That's why what he said, we got to tear it back down. I mean, we got to start over because he see, there's no results in anything. There's nothing you can hang your hat on that you say we're doing that well. Man, tough times in New England and also tough times in Dallas for different reasons. They're sitting at 3-2, and two, losing to the 49ers. We'll get to that game on the other side and also some of the other games in London as well. Jags upsetting the Bills. This is the GM Shuffle on the DraftKings Network. You know, if you really want to gain an edge in life, it's all about doing the little things, making the little changes that add up to the biggest of differences. And that's where our friends at Seed really kick in. My daily routine is pretty hectic. I wake up in the morning. I'm checking the betting odds. I'm looking at all the news that's going on. Well, I do need something that's going to keep me on track with my gut health. And DS01 Daily Symbiotic benefits my gut, my skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I mean, I've integrated it into my daily routine with breakfast. Boop, take one in the morning. It's an easy capsule, and that's all you got to do there. And what I've noticed, I wake up with better energy. I'm sharper at work. I'm doing all the things that I need to do to get stuff done. And because it's really, really key since your body is your ecosystem. You know, your gut is the central hub for various pathways through the body. And a healthy gut means benefits for digestion, skin health, heart health, your immune system, and much more. And what's really cool about this is that if you need a refill, it's already on the way. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when you use consistently like other routine health habits. So Seed's subscription service easily builds DSO1 into your routine with no refrigeration needed. Trust your gut with Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash shuffle and use code 25SHUFFLE. That's 25SHUFFLE to get 25% off your first month. 25% off your first month of Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash shuffle. Code 25SHUFFLE. A big win bright and early in Britain. For our friends, the Jacksonville Jaguars beating the Buffalo Bills 25-20 as an underdog. The Bills losing the game, but also losing key members of the team. Now the second consecutive week that they've lost an impact player on the defensive side of the ball. Matt Milano with a fractured leg. It appears he will be out for the rest of the season. But Jacksonville improving to 3-2 and two in a massive win, trying to keep pace in this really competitive AFC South. And on the Buffalo side of things, 
boy, it's a, you come down from the high of last week after beating the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, look, they started slow. They punted the first three drives, couldn't convert a first down, got behind in the game. Milano gets hurt, and, and I don't think people truly understand what Milano means to this team. I mean, I know Bill fans do, and, and he's – to me, he played – I said it last week on the pod. He played at a, at, a, at a Pro Bowl level against the Dolphins. I mean, he was everywhere on the field. He is – he was their best player on defense. Him and Jones are the two – the tackle were their best players. And so – you know, to lose him is, whoa, you know, that's yeah. that's going to be really – you don't replace him. And the way they structure their defense in that they're a nickel front, they have really – the linebackers, Bernard and him, Milano, are both 225 pounds. They're great tacklers. They run to the football, but they're not big people. And their underneath coverage relies on them to make the tackle. So – you know, for me, this was this is one of those where how do you overcome it? And then when you start looking at the numbers, I went back to this morning of the games he's been inactive. Milano's been inactive in 12 games so far in his career. And they are 7-5 and five in those games when he's inactive. And they give up an average of 24.3 points per game. So, you know, it, it, it's not an easy thing to overcome, right? I mean, he's their heart and soul of their team. You could see it. And they rally back, but then, you know, they couldn't get stops when they needed to. So credit Jacksonville for hanging in there. I thought the, I thought Buffalo started so slow in the game, you know, that it kind of really got them behind and, you know, they never could get back from it. Yeah, you credit Jacksonville. Because, like, like, watching the game, I was like, man, Buffalo cannot get off the field. Jaguars 10 of 18 on third down. They held the ball for 38 minutes. In this game, the Bills offensively were explosive, 7.2 yards per play, 388 yards. But if you only have the ball for 21 minutes and 48 seconds, it's going to be hard to beat a competent team when your defense can't get you the ball back. So I, I thought for Buffalo offensively, it looked kind of how it's looked like they were efficient. They moved the ball and all that stuff, made explosive plays. Stephon Diggs had a good game statistically. But what Jacksonville was able to do, kind of nickel and diming them all throughout this game, especially in that second half, keeping Buffalo off the field. That was the difference here in this game yeah. uh, with the Jaguars. Yeah, no question. I mean, look, the Jaguars are so inconsistent to me, though. You know, you like early in that game, you sat there and said, man, that's why Lawrence is the second pick, first pick overall in the draft. He's this guy's great. And then you watched more of it. and He's like, oh, my God. You know, sometimes he's like, what, what are we doing? Ridley, you know, Ridley is really good. It helps them. I, and their defense played as well as they could play. You hold Buffalo to 20 points. You're going to you, sh you should win the game. You should win the game. And Buffalo has nobody to, you know, unfortunately they lose Milano. They don't have, now they've lost White. You know, they got Von Miller back. That was good. But at the end of the day, you know, they, they just didn't get it going early enough and they had too many empty possessions early and they got behind. And when you get behind, whether you're Buffalo or whether you're Philadelphia or whether you're the 49ers, sometimes it's hard to get it back in gear. Yeah. I, I, I like Buffalo, but I'm telling you, my heart breaks for Bill fans because I think Milano – is such a, a critical piece to that defense. He's so important to it. You know, run fits, playing the ball, getting everybody lined up, making everybody understand their role within the defense. I mean, this kid is sensational. You know, he, he was playing at a high, high level. And the next time they play Miami, it won't be as easy to tackle those guys underneath like he did. Yeah, and, and that's the one thing that I think we underrate as just like a football watching community is that like 
just making sure everybody gets lined up. That person that wears the green dot on defense is so critical to how the defense plays because if guys are confused, they're not going to play as fast. And if the defense isn't playing as fast, it's like that's going to be a massive impact for how they're able to get stops there. So Matt Milano was the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills defense now out for the yeah, remainder of the I year. And I think Daquan Jones got hurt too in the game did. too. I, I didn't see it because I was working, but I think Daquan got hurt in the game too. So they didn't have Ros- Rosari. The, the left the, the end, but of oh, course they yeah, got Gregory Rousseau. Yep, Rousseau. They didn't have him in the game, but they get they got Von Miller back, and Leonard Floyd's been great for him. But you know now with Benford hurt in the secondary, you know Milano, they just don't. Dorian Williams, the kid they drafted, I don't know if he's going to be able to come in. I think Bernard <clears throat> is great. I mean, as small as he is, I think he's good. It's just hard. It's hard. The way Milano plays, it's hard. And kudos to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Doug Peterson said it after the game. We came to London at 1-2. and two. We're leaving going back to the States at 3-2. and two, And they will be playing the Indianapolis Colts at home this upcoming Sunday. So Jacksonville getting right back on the, on the right track here, beating one of the contending teams in the AFC. All right, let's get to Sunday Night Football last night. Whew, man, this was an absolute disaster. An ass-whooping is what I called it on Twitter. The Niners take apart the Dallas Cowboys 42-10. to 10. San Francisco remains unbeaten. Dallas falls to 3-2. and two. But it's a 3-2 and two that doesn't feel that good, Michael, as a Cowboys fan, admittedly. Well, I mean, I think to me, I, 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 with Stormy on Sunday, I like the over in this game. I thought San Francisco was by far the better team. I don't know how good Dallas really is. I really don't. I mean, you know, they've beaten a bad Giant team. They've beaten a bad uh, New England team handily in those games. They beat a bad Jet team handily in those games. And they struggled to stop the run against Arizona. I mean, they struggled to stop the run against Arizona. And losing, I think this was a game, and I said it on the air, I think losing digs in this game really hurts them because it puts a lot of pressure on them. And San Francisco blocked them much like Arizona blocked them. You know, Arizona blocked them too. And so Purdy was perfect. He, he made all the throws. Yep. Look, San Francisco is not an easy team to play, right? And, you know, if you don't get it going early and the way they're playing defense now in terms of what Wilkes is doing, they play more man-to-man, you know, that they're able to try to take you out of your game. Grinlaw was sensational with his tackling underneath. So is Warner, you know. And then if they add another rusher, they put Gregory in there. When he comes back, they'll get him to play at a much higher level than Denver ever did. They're good. I mean, mm. they're good. I don't think Dallas is as good as I've rated them. Because that Arizona game, if you really watch that game, if you really watch that game, Arizona kicked their ass up front. They did. And, and, and that was the thing that was disappointing to me in this one because it's like you have Micah Parsons, one of the best defensive players in the league. You have Demarcus Lawrence on the other side. But I think maybe it was the interior where Dallas really struggled. And if you, if you, if you get guys that can step up in the pocket, there's not a whole lot you can do there on the edge. But after the game, Dak Prescott had this to say to this loss, 42-10 to 10 to the 49ers. Didn't see it coming. As you said, put everything into this and uh, got punched in the mouth. Um, called a couple of weeks ago, humbling against Arizona. Uh, but this may be the most humbling game I've ever been a part of. Um, felt good about the preparation. Felt good about everything, honestly, coming into this game, matchups, and they beat us in every aspect. 
Yep. You know, I mean, that's, that's well said there. I mean, it was, it was an absolute thrashing from the 49ers. It's funny because the Cowboys allowed more points last night than they had allowed in the first four games of the season combined with 41 points. It just shows you how good this 49ers team was and maybe how overrated the Dallas Cowboys are right now five weeks into the season. Well, I guess we'll answer that question a little bit later on this season. I mean, look, the, you know, here we talk about overrated. I, I use that word too, right? I, I don't know if they're overrated, but when they play against a good coordinator who understands how to attack this Quinn system – it doesn't, you know, and, and Micah doesn't have to, you get you get him accounted for. You understand that. You, you know, you got a chance to make some plays in the game, and you can't start slow. I mean, you yep. know, the first quarter now, they first drive of the game, they go up 7 nothing, and then you got a chance to get back in the game, and you go punt, punt, fumble. Right? That's your first quarter. You can't do that. You know, you can't do that. These are two teams that have controlled the ball on third down, have controlled the ball with their third down. I mean, Dallas was 51% on third down going in the game. Over 51%, and they end up 36.4. You know, and, you know, they they average, you know, when you look at it, net yards 6.3 per play. I mean, San Francisco is, you know, you can't, you can't let the game get away from you because it's hard to drive the ball on the long field against them. There's not enough free plays in their defense for you to do it, and Dallas couldn't make an explosive play. You know, I mean, they just couldn't do it. So, it, you know, it's early, though, right? It's week five. They just kicked your ass. You know how you know the standard now. You know the bar yep. you got to get to. Yeah. And can you get to that bar? Can you overcome the Diggs injury? Th- those are hard things to do. And, and I think that's where, like, I, I don't want to sell all Cowboys stock. Like, like I said, like, nothing that we were going to see last night was going to really dictate how anybody felt about the Dallas Cowboys. Because if you're a non-believer in the Cowboys, you're going to say, prove it in the playoffs. And if you believe in the Cowboys, you're also skeptical of how they can do it in the playoffs. Like, January, if they get there, will be ultimately how this team is judged. To me, though, just looking at this game and how it played out, it looked like the Cowboys were preparing to play the 2021 Niners or the 2022 Niners. This team is better than what the team that you have beat the last couple of years because I think Brock Purdy is better than what they've seen over the last couple of years. Like Purdy, the Purdy that they played last year is not the Purdy that they have this year for the 49ers. Like he's playing like one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL right now, and it showed last night there. I mean, he was he was absolutely perfect, it felt like, on those drives, hitting Ayuk in stride, hitting Kittle in stride. It, it, to me, it just looked like a, like a tough opponent that the, that the Cowboys had to face there. I don't think anybody in Dallas thought Purdy wasn't playing good. When you watch a tape of a guy who only throws one incomplete pass, I don't think you come away thinking this isn't good. I think everybody in the league recognizes the addition of McCaffrey as the auxiliary piece to their offense, the way that Kyle can move him around, slot to the running back, Debo slot to the running back. Those pieces, the way they all fit together, I don't think anybody knew it. They're a a nightmare matchup, again, because – I mean, Juszczyk has four catches for 26 yards. You say, well, that's no big deal. But he, they get the ball to everybody. They, they've got five eligible every time you play them. And they're good up front. Trent Williams is a really good left tackle. So if you try to put anybody over on that side, he's probably not going to make very many plays on a consistent basis. I, 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 don't, I, think the nine, I think the Cowboys knew they were up against it. I think they just thought they could run the ball better. You know, and they had 19 carries, 57 yards. I think they felt like they could run the ball better, and they couldn't. I mean, this is what happens to you. You know, when you watch them on tape, you think you can, and then you get in the game, and all of a sudden, we can't block Hargrave. We can't block Bosa. You know, we can't block Armstead. Yeah. 
And that's the story of eight first downs for the Dallas Cowboys in this game compared to 25 for the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, they didn't get their first first down until early on in the second quarter. It wasn't as close as the score. Yeah. It was a tail kicking, but luckily for Dallas, it's October, and it wasn't like the tail kicking that they got the last couple years, which ended their season. I'll tell you this, though. That three and a half, that three and a half was a trap. They wanted you to take that three and a half for the hook, and it really was never a hook game. Well, if they play again, who knows what the point spread is. Maybe it's six and a half. (laughs) the way things were last time. All right, we'll get to the other games in the NFL on the other side. This is the GM Shuffle. All right, if there's one thing that I would love to do in my life, it's to make my meals a little bit easier. But you want to also make them a little bit healthier as well. Well, our friends at Factor are helping us out here on the GM Shuffle to do just that. I just ordered mine. I can't wait to go ahead and see what they have for me so I can get my never-frozen, chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals ready to roll in just two minutes. I mean, you'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. We're talking about two-minute meals. Fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Flexible for your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Sign up and save. We're done with the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash shuffle50 and use code shuffle50 to get 50% off. That's code shuffle50 at factormeals.com slash shuffle50 to get 50% off. I was talking with our producer, Elliot Bowman, before this podcast started. I said, man, the vibes were supposed to be off the charts in Indianapolis this weekend. You get Jonathan Taylor signed three years, $42 million. You got the Titans coming into town. You get that win, 23-16, to to improve to 3-2. and two. But unfortunately, uh, their franchise quarterback, or their rookie quarterback, I should say, Anthony Richardson, who they're hoping can be the face of the franchise, suffered a grade three AC joint sprain. So Anthony Richardson, it sounds like he's going to be out for a few weeks at least. Maybe it's even a month here as the Colts get the victory, but they lose their quarterback in the win. Yeah, not good. I mean, look, he he gets a concussion, misses two games. Now he's got this shoulder. I mean, at some point, you know, like yesterday, I'm watching the Eagle game against the Rams, and the Eagles were running hurts. And I'm thinking, man, they're going to he's going to get hurt at some point. I mean, that just way too many. I think he had 17 carries in that game. And when you're watching Richardson, you're worried about him staying healthy, right? He hurts his shoulder. Minshew comes in and Minshew's 11 for 14 for 155 yards. But what really was the difference in this game, I thought, was their ability to convert third down and their ability to run the ball. I, I, I like the Colts. I picked it on McAfee's show. I gave it out on our show. Uh, but I, I thought it was going to go – I thought they would throw the football effectively on them. They did. I just didn't think they would have seven yards per play to six. I didn't think they'd have 429 yards of offense and get a lot of it from the run game. I was surprised they were able to run the football. 34 carries for 193 yards in the run game. So, you know, to me, that was the shocker. And they'll come through, I think, with, you know, I mean, Minshew, they, they didn't change the offense. They still ran our RPO game. And they got the ball and they made plays. And, look, Taylor will only help them with, along with Moss. So they're on to something. I, I never trust their defense, though, Femi. I mean, up until the last part of that game, 
I felt like if Tennessee would have gotten that ball back as good as as good as the Colts played, if Tennessee gets that ball back down, uh, what was it, 26, it's, it's 23, 20, 16? 20 to 16, I think it was. 20, yeah, 20, yeah, 20 to 16, I thought they were going to win it. I really did. I, I don't know why Steichen went for it on fourth down in his own red zone. You know, he gives away points, right? He gives away three points there at the end of the half. And the next, and then the, the Titans come right out to start the second half and score. So now he, he's that was a ten point that was a ten point swing for him. Instead of getting three, he get he's down ten. So it's it's interesting because watching that Colts offense run the run the ball the way they did, like you said, is really impressive against a Titans front that's really good. Twenty three carries, one hundred sixty five yards, and two touchdowns for Zach Moss here. What did you make though of the Jonathan Taylor contract? Because this was the saga all off season about the running backs and all that stuff, and like I think he get paid. We had the Zoom call, we had all that sort of business but Jonathan Taylor ultimately gets his deal and it appears to be that he's happy in Indianapolis after all well I don't know what the deal is it's been reported 14 a year you know I, I he wanted 16 but now he's saying this will deal will help all running backs I think like I've said many times I mean at 14 if he's your lead back I don't think that's 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 overpaying you, you'd pay Nick Chubb 14 he's at 12 like you pay a slot receiver I mean you know Christian Kirk's getting 16 Who's more valuable, Christian Kirk or Jonathan Taylor? And I think it's a great deal for the Colts because, you know, he's staying on the rookie deal and then he adds three more years. Now the question is, do you think he'll get another contract in three years? I don't think so. I think this is it. And I think it, I think they both needed each other. This was one of those where they both needed each other. He needed a deal because the market wasn't bearing fruit to him when he was out there trying to make a trade. They couldn't get value back for him. And so it works. Oh, congratulations to John Taylor getting that deal. Congrats to the Colts. Uh, with Minshew, do you think that they can kind of keep this thing afloat? Because we've seen Minshew, when he comes in as a spot starter, he plays well. But if he has to play for a long period of time, that's when it starts to fall back yeah. a little bit here. Like That's my only concern here with Minshew now, looking like he's going to be the quarterback for the next month. Well, I think what happens with Minshew is, is nobody, you know, when he comes into the game, you still think Richardson's on the field, and so you respect his running. And then as you when you have a week to prepare, you no longer worry about the quarterback running. You know? So all those fake RPOs have no meaning to them. Well, the Indianapolis Colts, one of the surprise teams so far this NFL season at three and two. Uh, how about the game in the Rocky Mountains, the Hackett Bowl? The New York Jets, oh, they're flying home. How about the flight home on that one? That must have been a hell of a time for the New York Jets. They beat the Denver Broncos 31-21. Sauce Gardner, I saw him tweeting after the game saying, Jets country, let's ride. Like th th This meant a lot for this New York Jets team to get this victory at 2-3 and three as they go ahead and beat the Denver Broncos. I never understood why Denver was getting all the money. I mean, the Jets are a better team. Now, this nonsense about the Jets being an elite team on defense is nonsense. It's, yeah, like It's a joke. It's a fallacy. Right? I mean, and look, Wilson, everybody, I thought Wilson played. There's spurts where he played good against the worst defense in football. The score could have been a lot worse. I think the Jets were inside the red zone. I mean, I don't know how many times I got it right here. I was looking at it today. Like they were in the, it felt like watching the game. They were in the red zone. Oh, they were 0 for 5 down in the red zone on goal to go. On red zone efficiency, 0 for 5, 0 for 3 and goal to go. So they kept the game closer than it should have been. I mean, they could have extended it. And, you know, look. I mean, when you're you got a chance to win the game, you fumble for a touchdown. You know, you can't make the play. I mean, here's the second half for Denver's offense: punt, 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 fumble, punt, touchdown, fumble. 
I mean, Denver's no different than New England. Denver's no different than New England. They're a bad team that has problems on all three levels. Offense, defense, kicking game. Their coaching scheme, execution. You know, players, coaches, scheme. They're the same thing. I think Denver, if if I'm Sean, I liquidate. I'm saying, screw it. I'm not going anywhere. I'm playing all young guys. He got rid of Randy Gregory. If I could trade Jerry Judio, if I'm not going to sign him, if I could trade Sutton for picks, I'm just going to start accumulating as many picks as I can, and I'm just going to re- I'm going to tear this thing right down, and I'm going to rebuild it. I'm going to get a top pick in the draft, and I'm going to move forward. Now, he's got a bigger advantage over what's in New England because he knows he's going to be the coach next year. And they've prepared for that. New England's had so much success are they prepared for a teardown and rebuild? That's only one man can answer that question, right? So to me, I, I don't believe in this whole notion of you have to lose to win, but I think the only way you can regain, you can improve your team is to basically just say, okay, we're going to tear this thing down. We're going to play the young players. We're going to forfeit this year for next year. And in doing so, you're still trying to win games, Mm-hmm. You're still trying to keep the game, but you're developing talent. I think that's where Denver is. And I think that's where the fan base wants them to be. Like, I think the fan base is kind of done with this whole deal that they've had over the last couple of years. But my question to you, last thing on this with the Denver Broncos, is like the first half last week withstanding, because they were bad in the first half against the Bears, they ended up coming back to win the game. But in the first half, you see their offense move the ball, and you see like, oh, okay, this is what Sean Payton has. But then at halftime, then going on the second half, they just hit the skids. Like, they can't do anything. Is it just something that, like, once the game kind of gets to the adjustment to the adjustments, that they just cannot yep. execute? Yeah, they kind of get a read on the game. Once you get a feel for the game, team makes the adjustment. Okay, now here's what we're going to do. You run out of game plan. You can't dick them anymore. You know, so they start the game off touchdown. They give up a safety. Touchdown, field goal, field goal. And then the second half, they get one touchdown. They have punts and fumbles. I mean, they're not a good team. Their offensive line, which is what he put his resources in, is not very good. The quarterback is not anywhere near where he once was. He's clearly on the decline. It's not his fault. It's not his fault they don't play good. But he can't carry a team anymore. They have no real strengths. Again, you know, their defense, it, to me, you know, that game's a 24-21 game, and you got the chance to get the ball driving down, and you got, you're got you playing at home. You got a chance to win that game, and yet you turn it over. I mean, that's what bad teams do. I mean, look at their offensive line. Their offensive line, is, even though they put money in it, that doesn't mean it's good. Nope. I, I think you got to sit there as an organization. If I were Sean, you know, you meet with the owner. Okay, here we are. We're week five. We, we're going to get this better. But we're only going to get it better when we think about next year. It's a humbling experience out there for the Denver Broncos. They're also 0-3 at home this season. Like once a, a proud home field advantage at altitude, they've been getting uh, they've been getting beat so far this season. Uh, we have a few minutes left. I want to get to this game though because this is, I think, the best rivalry in the entire sport. Steelers Ravens. Pittsburgh pulls one <laughs> out, 17 to 10. You just yeah. knew this thing was going to be close as the Ravens quite literally probably let this game go through their hands. You know, it, I, I'm not a – one thing I've learned doing and breaking down games, on paper, right, this game should not have been close. <laughs> and then if you watch this game in the first class, first half, you say, yep, yep, I handicapped this game perfectly. They're not – these two teams are far apart in terms of how they're playing and what they do. But the Ravens had opportunities that they don't put the team away, and their second half is a complete disaster. 
I mean, their second half is a complete disaster. Uh, they can't, you know, they turn the ball over. They get a punt block. And let's be clear here. I mean, th- this Pittsburgh didn't solve any of their problems yesterday. No. Let's be let's be really clear they're here on that. On I offense. mean, Pittsburgh, they're horrible, right? I mean, they're horrible on offense. How do you trust them? But they got the ball to Pickens in the second half. They made enough plays. They kept themselves in the game. I said this on the show. Look, don't even watch this game. Take Pittsburgh in the, as the dog. Get four and a half. But don't watch the game because there'll be 95% of the time you're watching this game, you'll think you have no chance, no chance to win the bet. No chance. And at the end of the day, you'll win the bet. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know how. I can't explain it, right? <laughs> you know, I can't explain it. But that's what, that's what we said on the air. It's just, a, you, you know, it has no business being there. Lamar throws the interception of Porter in the end zone. I mean, this offense, I know they're on a bye week, but look, I, I don't want to get it. I mean, this offense, this offense, Pittsburgh's offense, New England's offense, Carolina's offense, and the Giants' offense, they, they need a redesign. They need a redesign. They need like, okay, this car ain't selling. We're going to have to redesign this on. But this is bad. It's bad. I mean, Pittsburgh's bad. I mean, they – if they would have run one more Najee Harris off tackle, I would have gone berserk. Like, okay, what are we doing here? And yet they find a way to win a game. Credit Tomlin. Yeah. You know, I mean, credit Tomlin. I mean, unlike the other teams, you know, Sean and Bill, Tomlin's able to find ways to win these games, and it's ugly, but against Baltimore, they seem to do it. I mean, he's beaten Cleveland <laughs> and Baltimore at home, and he has no business doing it. <laughs> They're in first place. <laughs> like they're in first place in their division. And it's ugly with a capital U, man. I mean, like they, they were down the whole game. Like you said, like no chance to cover. They start playing Renegade. The terrible towels start flying and weird shit happens. And the Pittsburgh Steelers win the game. Man. 17 to 10, man. It's like, like you said, just they're, they're the two magnetic forces, these two teams. They will always play close games. And we saw the underdog go ahead and win the game once again. We will get to the rest of the NFL games. Also, the awards. Who's going on the lamb? Who's the fraud. I think we know who the fraud was, at least after this past Sunday. We'll discuss it all here on the GM Shuffle. You know, if you really want to gain an edge in life, it's all about doing the little things, making the little changes that add up to the biggest of differences. And that's where our friends at Seed really kick in. My daily routine is pretty hectic. I wake up in the morning, I'm checking the betting odds, I'm looking at all the news that's going on. Well, I do need something that's going to keep me on track with my gut health, and DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic benefits my gut, my skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I mean, I've integrated it into my daily routine with breakfast. Boop, take one in the morning, it's an easy capsule, and that's all you got to do there. And what I've noticed, I wake up with better energy, I'm sharper at work, I'm doing all the things that I need to do to get stuff done. And because it's really, really key since your body is your ecosystem. You know, your gut is the central hub for various pathways through the body. And a healthy gut means benefits for digestion, skin health, heart health, your immune system, and much more. And what's really cool about this is that if you need a refill, it's already on the way. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when you use consistently like other routine health habits. So Seed's subscription service easily builds DSO-1 into your routine with no refrigeration needed. Trust 
your gut with Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash shuffle and use code 25SHUFFLE. That's 25SHUFFLE to get 25% off your first month. 25% off your first month of Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash shuffle. Code 25SHUFFLE. In, in a game of nobody wants to cover, we saw the Miami Dolphins beat the New York Giants yesterday, 31 to 16 down on South Beach. The Dolphins averaged a first down per play. So that tells you where the Dolphins offense is at right now. 524 yards. However, three turnovers kept this thing closer than it probably should have been. Dolphins, though, four and one. The Giants, unfortunately for them, losing Daniel Jones to a neck injury. We'll be waiting this week to get the status on that for their upcoming game against Buffalo. They were never in jeopardy of not covering. The Giants had no interest in covering. I mean, it was unbelievable. Here, the Giants have the ball 36 minutes. They gained 268 yards. Miami has the ball 24 minutes and gets 524 yards. And they turn it over and they fumble. Of the 16 points, I wrote in my notes to start the game this week, how do, and I said this on the air several times, like how do the Giants score 20 and how do they hold Miami to under 34? Well, they held Miami to under 34 because they got three turnovers in the game. They were plus three turnover in the game. Of course, they missed a field goal. It's really so plus two. But of their 16 points that they got, the the defense gave them 10. I mean, this, again, the the Giants, the Panthers, the, 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 the Patriots, I mean, these offenses are so bad. The Steelers, there's four historically bad offenses. I mean, by design, by execution, by everything. It's, that's the Mount Rushmore right now in the NFL for for garbage on the offensive side of the ball here. Uh, we got to talk at, at some point this season. I mean, Tyreek Hill, we've, we've waxed poetic about him. Eight catches, 181 yards, and a touchdown. H- how about the rookie, though, Devon A-Chain? We haven't yeah. talked about him much. I mean, this is as fast a kid as you will see on an NFL yeah. football field. 11 carries, 151 yards rushing and a touchdown. Just unbelievable when they get the ball in his hands. And, and, and outruns every angle. One of the <laughs> yeah. guys that works with us at the Daily Coach, Ryan Lassard, he was like this summer, he asked me about him. Like, should I take him? And I'm like, well, I don't know how he gets on the field. I had no idea what they were going to do offensively, how they are. Look, I'm saying this to you. I wrote this in my notes after watching the game this morning. This, this Miami offensive line isn't good enough. I mean, mm. Lamb's not very good. The Giants, the Giants, for as many yards as they gave up, played as good as you can play on defense. Forget the yards. They only held them to 31 points. Tua was not good. They hit Tua. They got to him. But, you know, they gave him the run game. And they counted on McDaniel not counting a lot of runs. I mean, Daniel Jones gets the neck injury. It didn't really matter. It will matter next week, you know, when the Bills come to town. But, you know, Femi, there's only, as Larry David says, there's only two ways you get a neck injury, right? One of them's a car accident, and the other one's, well, you know how it works. Anyway, so I don't think Daniel Jones was doing that, but I don't know if he'll play. <laughs> and if he plays, how good will it be? I mean, Tyrod Taylor, he, th- this line will go to 17 if Tyrod Taylor plays. Tyrod Taylor revenge game, maybe, against the, his old team, the Buffalo There's no Bucks. revenge. Poor Tyrod, there's nothing left. He's like yeah. the boxer that's going out there that can't punch anymore. I feel bad for because it doesn't even look like he can make it through a game healthy, to be honest. Well, um, same thing like with Brian Hoyer. I love yeah. Brian Hoyer to death, but if the Raiders have to play with Brian Hoyer, I mean, that's it's like you're just you're you're like the manager just pushing the boxer out in the ring. Hey, I don't want to fight anymore. I don't want to fight anymore. Yeah. It's, it's like you can't even. You got to go out yourself. and take some punches. Yeah, yeah. There's 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 no chin left there uh, on the fighter from Tyrod Taylor and for Brian Hoyer. Uh, but let's talk about what happened down in the desert though. The Cincinnati Bengals, uh, they, they looked like they were kind of getting right a little bit yesterday afternoon. Beat the Cardinals thirty. 
34 yeah. to 20. Joe Burrow, 317 yards, three touchdowns, an interception. But more importantly, a little bit more mobility from Joe Burrow. We yeah. saw him actually scramble around, move around in the pocket. Good sign here for Cincinnati. Yeah. I mean, he moved better. Offensive line still bad. Yes. They ran the ball. They were physical. Uh, and they were able to – I mean, Zach Taylor not goes for it, but he gets spelled out by the interception. This is one of the, this is the, the first game that Josh Dobbs turned the ball over. Their defense still is an elite. But what happened in the game, I think you could see it if you're a Bengal fan. They got the lead, and then their pass rush took over. And that's when they kind of turned the ball over again for them. So they're better on – they got the ball to chase. He was sensational. Look, Arizona can't play defense. They've given up 44 – they've been outscored 44-7 to in the fourth quarter. I mean, I was all love Cincinnati. I took him in the Russo contest. I took him. I gave it out as a pick on the show. Russo had it at minus two. This line was moving towards Arizona. I never understood that at all. Never understood that at all because Arizona is good. They'll play you for fifty minutes, forty-five, but at some point they just run out of gas. I don't think the Bengals are back. I think they're better. That offensive line worries the hell out of me. He took some hits, but he was not losing that game. You could see it. Yeah, they talked about it in the huddles. Joe had that killer look in his eyes, and that got everybody fired up inside the huddle. So Burrow just reminding everybody that, hey, when he's healthy and he's right, he's still a pretty damn good quarterback, as we saw yesterday. Uh, The Kansas City Chiefs, offensively, I don't know what's going on with Kansas City, but they do get the win against the Minnesota Vikings, 27-20. I'm more so impressed with the Chiefs' defense. Also, unfortunately for the Minnesota Vikings, Justin Jefferson, he goes down with a hamstring injury. Sounds like he will miss some time, so the reigning Offensive Player of the Year likely out this upcoming week for the Vikings. But KC, though, improves the four and one yeah you know this is a funny game did you watch this game you study this tape at all because this is a game that you know they get a bad pi the pi they pick up the call they got a third and 18 they got them backed up on third and 18 and they make the, the biggest play of the day to watson for 33 yards you know and that killed them Right, the Vikings had every opera. If you took the Vikings and the points, feel bad. You probably were on the right side. Yeah, but they they just couldn't get it. They they their offensive line isn't any good. They have no run game. If you hold this, see, I think the Chiefs are not nearly the same team. They're not even close to being the same team. Kelsey's not the same. Their offensive weapons aren't the same. This offensive line is not good. They're not, and it, but Mahomes just overcomes it. But their defense is better. Their defense was outstanding. They took away the run. They put all the pressure on them. uh, Cousins on a third down in the red zone misses a wide-open receiver. They got chances at the end of the game. They can't quite get it done. Madison, if he catches the screen pass, is going to walk in and tie the game up. You know, they had 31 plays. Minnesota had 31 plays in the fourth quarter. They had 11 first downs. They came away with seven points. Think about that, Femi. 31 plays in the fourth alone, 11 first downs, come away with seven points. It's I, I was holding. And they on, still yeah. take like I don't understand it. They 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 still take and delay a game penalty. So at the end of the game, they had no timeouts. Like their game management is atrocious. They're a big they're a big uh, uh, analytics team. They got to take another delay of the game. They lose. They've lost games because they can't function. They can't operate their offense. It's uh, It was hold on your butts for me. I actually ended up betting the second half under, and I think I was a little lucky to get that thing to cash here. But by the way that Minnesota was able to move the football, but then just sputtering out. 
They sputtered out in the red zone. And that call at the end of the game, the the when they took away the pass interference, I definitely needed that one. So <laughs> the officiating crew, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, you know, the guy Reed had the helmet off, and they tell him to put the helmet back on. I don't know. It, yeah, I mean, it was like they chaotic. got every break you could yeah. know. I mean, that should have been a penalty on the kid who takes his helmet yeah. off. Should have been a penalty. Like they got screwed on that one. I mean, they really did. It was, you know, the other guy that played really good, too. We, I know we got to move quickly. Desmond Ritter played really well. He did. That, yeah. was, that was a game where I know Houston's not very good in the secondary. That game wasn't as close as the score. He, Atlanta turned the ball over twice on fumbles. Ritter, actually, nobody could have figured he was going to play this. I mean, 37 passes, 329, really good game. 7 of 14 on third down were the Atlanta Falcons. And that's what you wanted to see. Like, this was the the team that a lot of people were excited about. If they could get Ritter to come along and play good football, a lot of really good skill position guys. Bijan Robinson, heck of a play on the touchdown that he had there. I believe his first touchdown in the NFL. Uh, last game here, though, that I want to get to before we get to the awards, Bears Commanders from some Thursday night football. I know Thursday's podcast, we talked a lot about the Chicago Bears and the path forward. Well, they got to win 40-20 to 20 against the Washington Commanders. Uh, maybe tougher times ahead for Chicago here, but sitting at 1-4, and four, now welcoming in a banged up Vikings team, maybe they can get something going here uh, in the season and maybe salvage oh, something. You, you know, first thing I did this morning was look, they played well, they won the game and Washington, I, at some point I assume Washington would double DJ Moore after, maybe they're going to double him after the game, I have no idea. But <laughs> the parking lot. This, Yeah, I mean like just let them keep going. This line opened at minus two, you know uh, excuse me, this game mine opened up Minnesota four and a half and already it's down to three. You bet if you like, everybody's going to be on Chicago in this oh, game. Yeah. Although, be careful because yeah. Minnesota can move the football. Yeah, Minnesota can move the football. And Minnesota, for all their blitzing they do, for all they did, they played Kansas City really well. They got a lot of break. Kansas City got that third and 18 is going to haunt them. Minnesota's playing better on defense than you think they are. Give up 27. But Kansas City, just, Kansas City is just like Philadelphia. They find ways to win. You could say whatever you want about Philly. Yesterday, Philly dominated the game from start to finish. The score wasn't as close. Like, Philly can rise to the level. Does Philly have problems? Yeah, they have some issues. But Philly took control of that game. They did exactly what they had to do. They dominated on third down. They didn't let Matthew Stafford get into a rhythm. He only had the ball for 20-some minutes. And remember, going into that game with Philly, the Rams had 54 more plays than their opponents. That's a whole game, Femi. They had 54 more plays than their opponents. That's an entire game. And Philly went right to him and took that away. So they had a play from behind. That's not the Rams game. I thought it was Philly's best game of the season, honestly. Even though like the score says that it was kind of clunky, I thought it was their best game. It wasn't game. as close as the score. Yep. It really wasn't. Yeah, I thought Eagles, they looked like the team that we saw last year. Let's get to the awards. Fred Palermo, best game plan of the week. Well, you got to give it to San Francisco. I mean, they, did, they took the game over early and often and won it. I mean, I think that, you know, this is when Kyle's at his best, when he goes against the team and he can do it. On the lamb. I mean, I got a bunch of them, but let's start with New England and Carolina and the Giants. <laughs> all of them, their offenses need to go on the lamb. Yeah. But the lamb, the really one, the, the guy who needs to go on the biggest lamb of all is Mario Cristobal. Like, that's embarrassing what he did to his team. There is a thing called victory formation, right? There is a thing called victory formation, Mario. You made this mistake once. Don't make it twice. Oh, you did again. You know, if I was Mario, hire a game manager. I. There might be decisions that have been as bad, but I have never seen anything worse than that last night or Saturday night against <laughs> with Miami blowing that game there. Uh, the fraud. Who's the fraud of the week? I think Dallas's defense. I don't think Dallas is as good as defense. Now they're good against bad teams, bad offenses. They played the Jets. They played the Giants, and and they played New England. 
They're three bad offenses, and they look good. But when they play against a comprehensive offense that knows how to run the ball, Arizona, I think that guy at Arizona, the offense coordinator, Pesic has done a great job. I, I think they're a little bit fr- – you got to block you got to block Micah. But I'm just telling you, you can attack them. Well, next Monday they'll get to see their old buddy Joystick. That'll be a nice reunion. Uh, if you don't know, now you know. I think San Francisco is the best team by far. That seemed pretty cool yeah, last I night. Think, I think San Francisco is going to be hard to beat if they stay healthy. It is what it is. The Lions are for real, and they proved it, man. They kicked ass. I mean, I feel bad for Bryce Young. He getting yeah. his ass kicked, and there's nobody helping him. Here's a team that went up there and scored and rushed for 350 yards, and they just got whooped. The Lions are for real. There's, there's no more doubt in them on my end. We'll talk more Lions as they play the Buccaneers this upcoming weekend, but that does it for us here on the pod. Who do you like tonight, Packers and the Raiders? I know you're rooting for the Raiders. I guess. Well, it's Big Daddy. I'm rooting for the Raiders. I think, the, I think it's going to be a hard game for the Raiders. Yeah, those Big Daddy tips will be rolling in. We'll see you guys on Thursday. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time and if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars limited time only price and participation may vary cannot be combined with any other offer single item at regular price Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. all right if there's one thing that i would love to do in my life it's to make my meals a little bit easier but you want to also make them a little bit healthier as well well Our friends at Factor are helping us out here on the GM Shuffle to do just that. I just ordered mine. I can't wait to go ahead and see what they have for me so I can get my never-frozen, chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals ready to roll in just two minutes. I mean, you'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. We're talking about two-minute meals. Fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Flexible for your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Sign up and save. We're done with the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash shuffle50 and use code shuffle50 to get 50% off. That's code shuffle50 at factormeals.com slash shuffle50 to get 50% off.